0: Welcome to Grief is My Side Hustle. I am your host, as always, Megan, Meard, and Jarvis. And I am absolutely beside myself today because I have the answer to the question that I get most often in my DMs, which is, Megan, aside from therapy, what kind of resources are out there for people who are experiencing all the practical and emotional turmoil that comes with grief and loss? Who are the people that do that support? how can we get in touch with them? And guess what? Today I have the answer. I have Rachel Donnelly. Thank you so, so much for being here.
1: Megan, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor and I'm so excited about our
0: talk today. Well, we are going to jump right in. I, can you just tell folks, like how do you come into the world of grief and loss? What is your yeah. company? What is your work? What are you doing? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I grew up in a small town of Hampton, Georgia, on the south side of Atlanta. My father was the family physician in town. My mother was a librarian, but, you know, sort of served as his office manager. And so it was a very sort of Mayberry lifestyle. It sounds very made for TV. It it was. And I used to accompany my dad on house calls and rounds at the hospital. So I was very accustomed to leaning into hard spaces And then unfortunately, when I was 13, my dad was diagnosed with cancer and passed away a couple of years later. And of course, that was very traumatic and very hard watching my mom become a a young-ish widow with three kids, selling my father's practice and seeing all those administrative tasks that were just, you know, besides losing a loved one, you're forced to complete execute all of these administrative and logistical tasks. So that was of course, you know, very much a wake, wake up call. And then after, and you know, I went on to college and fell into a career in, in higher education fundraising. A couple, several years later, my mom was diagnosed with cancer, and I just started a brand new job where I had no time off in the first 90 days. And uh, she died in, within a couple of weeks after my first day and her, it was a pretty, you know, unexpected passing. Mm-hmm. And I was left to take care of her brother, my uncle, who was in latter stages of Parkinson's disease. So now I was thrown into this, what I call a dumpster fire, of yeah. uh, managing my, my parents' estate. And my mother had never gotten around to cleaning up my grandmother's house that had been in our family since 1890. And so managing all of those logistics as well as taking care of an aging loved one. And I vividly remember, fast forward a couple of years later after my uncle passed away and I had now was in the role of of an executor two times. I thought, why isn't there a project manager Or a service to help me manage all of these things. We have wedding coordinators for weddings. We have, you know, professional organizers to help you when you move into a home and career coaches to help you transition into a new career. So, all of these logistical uh, niche businesses that help uh, individuals with other milestones of life, but not with death. And I was just blown away. And the multitude of decisions that I had to make was astounding, overwhelming. And most of all, it really handicapped my grief journey. Yeah, I was not I did not have time to grieve. I was managing my kid. I had two small kids when my mom passed away, a two and a four year old. And managing that a full time job we, had, you know, moved into a new home. I was like, this is insane. Thank you universe. This is awesome. So, right. right. Uh so it was just overwhelming and one day I remember like I said standing in a bank parking lot after trying unsuccessfully to open up an estate banking account for my uncle's estate, I just the light bulb hit me and I was like, well, I'm going I'm going to create a business to help people. Uh so my business black dress consultants was born which it is now we have changed the name which i'm so excited about to afterlight Beautiful. and created a a very niche business uh, with the primary goal of helping individuals whether they're executors administrators trustees you know widows widowers adult children manage the unavoidable logistics of after loss
0: You know, what I'm thinking about when you're talking about this, I have a couple of thoughts running through my head. The first is I think all the spaces in grief, I think of all the spaces in grief that people have filled with the resources that they wish existed when they were going through that experience. And so this just feels like one where, you know, out of your own trauma and turmoil, this great piece of goodness is built But also what I'm thinking about is, you know, the, the thing that grievers talk to me about that I think, you know, in general is one of the hardest parts of grief is how lonely it feels. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Right. You're so alone. And what we know, um, I actually just did an Instagram live talking about this on the show succession because they did such a good job of showing people acting out the trauma of getting really terrible news is that your brain does not actually work very well.
1: No, it, it does
0: moments, not. Right. It and so like not. you, you gave the example of, of wedding planning, which is such a nice example because you've got all the family, the groom, the bride, the uh, everybody's opinions and needs and desires coming in. Sometimes having an outside person to say like the napkins don't really matter. Just exactly. <laughs> it's, or like, you don't need to pay that much for flowers or exactly. no, we, don't worry about it. I'll find you the right car yeah I' so someone who can outsource because the minutia of what seems to have to happen is really incredible. And you're doing this kind of once, you know, like thousand percent. I mean, this is as I say all the time, you should not be
1: an expert in this right. You know, so why don't we lean on experts who have curated a streamlined, triage tasks to, to really uh, that are in their wheelhouse to help families. Hopefully at the very, you know, most you're going to deal with this, be an executor, right. settle someone's affairs, be, you know, the primary contact once in your life. So yeah. why should we expect for each person to have to reinvent that wheel? And they every do. Every single time. And it's, it's astounding because every time I speak with a client, they, of course, feel like that they are the only person that's had to deal with this because yes. we don't talk about it. That's right. We don't, you know, there haven't been services like ours to, yeah. to help clients. And I was blown away. I'm not the brightest bulb you know.
0: In the, I doubt that's true.
1: in the office, but I was like, I mean, or in, in the world, but why was it, why didn't somebody create this? And everybody has said to me, oh, this is a genius idea, Rachel. Okay. Well, but why hasn't right. somebody else created it? And
0: but you know. I think there, I think, I mean, I don't know the answer to that question, but I think there, ha- there is a bravery in sort of facing it and, and being like, listen, everybody's going to have some aspect of this. And I don't Absolutely. mean no everyone's going to be the executor, but the likelihood is some, most people are going to be involved in planning a funeral. Most 100%. people are going to be involved in cleaning out someone's house. Absolutely. Yeah. I know from my own experience, my brother was the executor of my parents' estate but I listen to a lot of people who are talking about their own experiences. Mm-hmm. Part of what I was not shocked by because I've been privy to the conversations is just how long it takes.
1: Oh my and gosh,
0: yeah. How difficult it is that you yeah. think you're going into the bank to close an account. And this is probably one of seven trips that yeah. you're taking and you're going to be Absolutely. told you to have the right form. And so it's very helpful to yeah. have someone say, I know it should be simple, it isn't. Yeah. Don't waste your time with this person at the bank. Ask for this person. 100%. Bring, bring all of these forms.
1: Yeah, Just, bring 45 like, copies of the death yeah. certificate, you know, your driver's license, a sleep study, blood, urine, I'm kidding, but you
0: know. But it but it and also know that like the fastest anyone wraps this shit up is a year.
1: 100% right 100,
0: I mean, yeah it, it's yeah. not people are like oh I have to go home to Indiana this weekend and take care of my dad's estate like I don't know yeah. what you think you're you're doing this weekend but it is not yeah be-
1: you're not doing that let me tell you I mean so collectively it took almost 10 years for me yeah. to settle both my my mom's estate uh, to be discharged as executor as and my uncle's was two and a half so just you know just under 10 years you know, there's so many different studies or surveys out there about, you know, estate exec.com says 570 hours, Uh, caregivers.org says uh, 420. You know, it's really hard to find data out there that can really pinpoint how much time, but you know, it does vary. But you know, I think we, because we're living longer we have so much more stuff, and not not just tangible stuff, but you know, accounts yeah. accumulating uh, generational wealth, yeah. our digital assets, all the online accounts. We live further from family, and that's sort of, I think, creating this perfect storm for after loss professionals to really fill
0: that underserved niche. That's right. So take us into it. So let's say a, you know, you and I are talking about sort of the justification for it. And I feel like most people who are listening to a podcast called Grief is My ZSL, we don't need to talk talking those people into (laughs) this concept. You know, I do. I said this to you in the beginning that one of the things that becoming grief informed in companies has meant is saying to folks, listen, hey, you have resources for young families that are moving across the country from your office in California to your office in Boston. And one of the things that you offer those people really purely based on their age group is mm-hmm. you're going to help them find a daycare center or hook them up with a nanny service right. or, you know, not for every employee, but for many, give right. the, you know, t- talk to them about the schools, give them a consultant to sort of help All them. All the things, them, yeah, right? Yeah. What about the other side of that, which by the way, is we're really only talking about 10, 15 year period. Yeah. The very same people are the people with young children who are now the people who are caring for elderly. Exactly.
1: Parents, exactly. Planning
0: Funerals, you know, needing to manage estates. What are we doing on that back end? And Absolutely. you can see the eyes kind of light up like, oh, we didn't think about that, but imagine if a company says, yes, we help families with young children in this way. We help families with aging parents in this Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Yeah. And our expectation is you're going to come to us and tell us you need some time off and that you want to tap into these resources that we have already contracted for you. That right. talks about the culture of a company, right? understanding you know, of how the world works. And I really think it is deeply grief educated in the sense that, like yeah no we know death happens we yeah. not only do we know it happens we prepare for it so can you yeah. tell us what happens when somebody calls up afterlight and says my dad died a month ago i'm right. swamped in paperwork i'm yeah right. i don't live in the state like right how does your team go to work what do you guys absolutely
1: think? yeah so you know it is a one size fits one approach we you know a lot of my clients do come to me via probate attorneys who yep. are sending a client, they're just completely overwhelmed for a lot of the, the issues and circumstances you just outlined. But someone will call me, I do a very in-depth intake, I have them fill out a questionnaire, you know, it's sort of this, for lack of better words, is choose your own journey path. It's, uh, is there property? Is there not? Is there, are they still married? Or are they not? Are there dependent children? Are they not? uh you know, are you going through probate or not? Or do you anticipate that? So, Really drilling into those details and then saying, okay, uh, we're gonna, what are, what's worrying you? What are the top three things that are worrying you? A lot of times they don't know what they don't know. Yes. So, and I'm gonna say, listen, okay, we're gonna come up with a customized roadmap for you. We create a Google spreadsheet for each client. And I have baked in all of the different things that need to be done after a loved one passes away. Of course, there are infinite variables. Yeah, depending on their needs and circumstances, but we sort of plug and play based on what we're uncovering, what they've outlined is their top goals, and then what I know uh, that are things they haven't thought about, or, you know, just didn't know they needed to do. So we create that customized roadmap. My traditional uh, core services is usually a six month
0: process. That's what I was going to ask. So so, so even just hearing that, right? Like, what is normal for people to need? It's normal for people to need six months of outside expert support to get this done. That is what we're saying. People spend a year planning their wedding. Yeah. They spend a year trying to get their kids into college and they ask everyone who's ever applied to college to give them all the advice. Absolutely. Yeah. Tours they take. They need six months.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people are like, really? I mean, sometimes, you know, when they haven't ever dealt with a death like this, they're like, oh, six months. Wow. That seems long. And we, you know, there've been several clients where we've had to extend, sure. you know, and go into a longer engagement. I've worked, I'm been working with a client now for a year, yeah. you know, managing the variable different accounts and cleaning out a, a home. So it can vary, but typically it is a bare minimum of six months.
0: Yeah, because I'm thinking about like even my experience with my parents, mm-hmm. my dad knew he was dying of cancer. And so right. and he's a very, you know, he's a businessman who had a head towards how do we plan ahead right. of time. And still there were, there are a number of things that you can't make it go any faster. And I'm thinking no. some of that sort of like the paperwork where you can't even, you know, Cancel these accounts. the The amount of stories that I have heard about how painful it is that you know the that your loved ones account at LL Bean can't be closed. And so they, I, keep getting, yeah. they keep getting the like fly fishing. You know. Oh my gosh, helpful. I know. It, yeah, it, it really, it's
1: cool and unusual punishment. And you know, I had I have just off a client yesterday. Actually, we had our final offboarding call and she had come to me very soon, within a couple of weeks after her mother had passed away, we went through this whole process of reaching out to an annuity that her mother had had. had. She just got paid literally yesterday. It took us months of resending, refaxing, remailing the paperwork. Oh, you didn't include this number. I can't, we can't read this. I mean, just the bureaucracy and red tape it took that long. And that was actually pretty fast compared to some other Institutions you know, and custodians I've worked with.
0: This also reminds me of something. I remember I used to watch The Price is Right when I was a little kid while well, I had like my little snack after. Oh my Pride God, War. I loved that. I loved oh my that God, show. best show ever. Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, I want to go on The Price is Right and win a car. And I remember my grandmother being like, well, you have to pay a lot of taxes on that car. Yeah. So, like you have the car, but you have to have cash. And I remember being like, that's not how you win things, grandma. But really, like having it sink in that, like actually having cash on hand, even when something as good as winning a car, like it's necessary. And I think about all my clients who are in fact going to inherit all of their parents' worldly possessions, accounts, and goodness. Yeah. And sometimes that is for a short period of time, financially devastating. Because they have to pay the property tax on this house. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then so often I have clients where they don't have immediate access to funds to pay, you know, bills to pay the funeral home to pay the mortgage because things are tied up at the bank or they didn't assign a transfer on death or a payable on death. So, there can be a, it can be very expensive That's in right. in the interim until you get everything ironed out because that planning ahead That's right. did not take place. But you know, and a lot of times people just don't know what they don't know. They don't know they need to do that. That's right. You know, I've got so a lot of my clients are going through that probate process. Yeah. You know, I you know I have a client right now. She's a widow. She's a teacher. A, you know, just so sweet. And her husband passed away. They had done. You know everything to make sure you know the houses both of their names the cars were paid off both of their names all the things and she still needed my help with a lot of the paperwork and Mm -hmm. life insurance and and then we I found one account and it was a banking account that had been in his name only and it was above the threshold in the state of Georgia where a, a surviving spouse can go in and and claim it in essence so I was like, oh gosh, now you're going to have to probate. And now you're going to have to probate his will to get access and that's probably going to be about 10% yeah, of the proceeds of, of of the checking account. I think we do
0: want always with grief, we want all the tips and tricks so that we can make it as as Little pain as possible. Oh my gosh. Um, Ease instead of anguish, as I say all the time. Right. And so we want people to, you know, do their advanced directives and to make sure that their money is where it's supposed to be and to have a conversation about what hymns they want at their funeral service or do they want to be cremated. Like I've done a podcast about that. I certainly, amongst my own family members, have, you know, a little bit of a soapbox about that. But the reality is, you still, even if you are the best and most organized and yeah. planned, you still find yourself holding some element that nobody thought of. Yeah, that's really heavy. And when absolutely weaving, you know, I, a lot of what I talk about on the podcast is how do we get support? And I think what right. can happen is we want our husband or our sister or our best friend to be the support, and in reality. Being able to hire someone who has more expertise than you do and is not going to be emotional, you know, not going to be holding their tongue to talk about how much they always resented that your mother yeah. quilting and now you've Absolutely. inherited yeah. all the quilts. To have an expert to sort of say, actually, here in the state, there's a pet rescue and you can give those quilts to a pet is the kind of concrete relief that grievers report yeah. to me as being like miraculous yeah yeah
1: and yeah that decision paralysis is very real and and even after you've made so many decisions and you're in that grief brain fog and you're missing your loved one and you don't know what to do with their tuba collection you know i had to you know do that for my uncle figure out what to do with his tuba collection because the charity he had put in his will no longer existed. So, you know, I'm like, I, I don't know. I really don't know. So, that's
0: right. That's um, right. Best intentions, right? Yeah. Best intentions. And- and when you're in the right space those things can feel like opportunities but when yeah. you are in that hard early you know a lot of these decisions for people have to be made while they're still in profound brain fog yeah. and what happens you know this better than i do is people look back with a lot of regret oh my
1: it's, gosh yeah right a 100% you know what should should i have thrown out their Hummel figuring collection it meant so
0: much oh my to God. my mom <laughs> The hummels. We had we we didn't have hummels. We had these tiny little German bunnies, but same idea.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, people don't understand, you know, how much how packed those items can be with with guilt, with with shame, with connections to our loved ones. And sometimes having a third party like me yeah. to say, throw it away, give it away. Yeah, give it to someone who's going to, it's going to give them joy, experience that joy. They're like, okay you've given me the permission to do that.
0: Well, especially uh, cause there's a lot of family folklore about some of the stuff, right? Yeah. And so all the, all those things, I don't think I, they're not as common now, but all the like, what's it called? Like a break front or,
1: you know, yes. you know,
0: all the dishes are displayed, like all the crystal and the tiny little collectibles that were, my mom was 75 when she died, that were like, you know, indications of goodness and meant that you were kind of fancy no longer oh, cult, right? No it's like people longer. That were told their beanie babies were going to be valuable. Turns <laughs> out Hummels are not actually valuable. Exactly, and so to have exactly someone is. come and say like, no, I know your mother told you that these were going to put your kids through college, but they're, they're, they they're were. close to garbage. So yeah. don't, even, don't even wrap them in the, in the poppy paper. Cause other than, you know, just put them in a box and drop them at a charity show. I, know. That, I, I know. found those kinds of things. Really, you know, kind of like I had to have a conversation with my mom, like, I'm really sorry. I know you love these and you wanted them to be special, but to have that kind of expertise helping is, it is, it is really, you know, it's like a little partner in crime. What are the kinds of things that you have seen people do? Like, can you give us an example of something that is way harder than people are aware of that they get to you and you're like, oh we got to help you with this. Good thing you called us.
1: Yeah. I mean, gosh, that's such a loaded question. You know, there are so many, and it, and honestly, it depends by state, right. Um, you know, in Georgia it is so much easier to go to the DMV and have a car transferred over to a uh, mm-hmm. surviving loved one or a, you know, an heir in Florida. It felt like it took a, I just finished with a client, took an act of Congress, you know, yeah. to, to do that. I'd say one of the biggest things is if families don't have the unlock code to their loved one's phone, oh, okay. how to access their computer or yeah. email, yeah. people think, oh, I could just walk into an Apple store and they'll give me the unlock code or uh-huh. no, it's not. A lot of times they uh, require a lot of information, even much more than than some other companies and then a court order specifically around that. So the digital asset aspect of our lives, you know, the average internet user has around 207 online accounts with distinct usernames and passwords. So that can be a lot harder. Um, Things with exchange value, like airline miles, those can be extremely difficult to have transferred over and some of the big airlines are like Delta different. is the worst. I, I'm i from Atlanta. I love Delta. I'm diehard Delta, but they are the worst when it comes to their airline points, uh, how handing them over to a loved one, their policy. So a lot of those things are, you know, so much harder. You know, and then probate just people it's just don't realize how uh how long it can be, how difficult it can be, the number of hoops that you have to go through. Uh, the due diligence, you know, serving as a fiduciary where you were legally bound.
0: Can you tell people what probate court is? I don't want to assume that everybody knows what that is.
1: Yeah. You know, the the process of probate and I'm not an attorney, the process of probate is, you know, proving a will, a valid will to, to a court and then following those instructions, those wishes per that will if yep. a will does not exist, then Ooh. state law decides how a loved one's estate, in your estate, the simplest way I've heard it explained is what you owe and what you own, is divided amongst surviving family members. Yep. Uh, so if you don't make the decision, the state will do that for you, right. and it'll be a much, much longer much more expensive and, and much more takes
0: money for that process, which well, is all. yeah.
1: And then, you know, attorneys rightfully still have yeah. to have to spend a, a lot more time and, and work to to get you know that estate to a place where where it can be distributed. Uh so it there are a lot more legal costs. And and yeah, it's it's a very can be a very difficult process.
0: We'll activate your Your do they call you and ask before their loved one dies? Yeah.
1: So about 65% of my clients are what I call after loss consulting. So that's strategic support after a loved one dies. About 35% are what I call legacy planning. And I've created the legacy building formula, which is trademarked. And it is a six step process of walking clients through not only getting their documents organized, but being intentional and auditing all of their uh, digital assets uh, and assigning beneficiaries for those assets when, when available. And then walking them through, what do you wanna have happen to your body? What's important to you? How do you want your family to grieve you? Personal property, who gets grandma's pie plate? Uh, and right? so, because though you speaking of what things that can be harder is the amount of time that people spend fighting over items can, can cause a lot, a lot of just heartache and, you know, friction among family members.
0: People think that that's about the pie plate where they think it's about the, whatever is a value. And what yeah. I can tell you from the other side as a trauma therapist is that those are unfinished conversations. It's so 100%. People- figure a way to have an unfinished conversation. And one of the things that I feel, cause I had both, my dad knew he was dying. My mother died suddenly. And, you know, I had a friend who I was going to visit my dad. I went back and forth several weeks in a row as he was really ailing. And he was like, Open, get your dad to open his phone and just export all of his contacts into yeah. your phone. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, that's yeah. so, and he was like, and then you won't worry. And then if your dad can do it, he can tell you who all the people are. So I did, I exported all my dad's contacts into my phone everything, all the information that I could get. And I can't even tell you the number of times I ended up relo- needing what I had exported. Yeah. And I just was like, dad, who is this person? And he's yeah. like, oh, that's a friend from college or like yeah. that's a jerk from work. from So I had all that information. Whereas for my mom, she died suddenly. One of the things that was super sticky, my mom had jewelry that she really loved. I've talked about it on the podcast. It, it did have intrinsic value, but not like you know, not the crown jewel, you know, financial. Yeah. What I feel really sorry for her for is that she didn't get to decide, you know, she didn't get to live her life into that conversation where she got to hand this thing to my niece and say, the reason I'm giving it to you is this, my sisters and I did what we could. There was no fighting. We didn't, you know, we were very gracious and that part was simple, but I, I, I think my dad Found relief in having some yeah. of those conversations that my mom yeah, just didn't have. Yeah,
1: and if you know they do have that uh, intention around handing over those items, bequeathing those items to those they want to receive them, there could most times not be very much arguing over. That's what right. This is what
0: this is what Nana said. This is
1: what you yeah, know. Right. Love it or love it or hate it. This is what she wanted, and. You know, and I tell a lot of people sometimes if they're older, they have jewelry that they want to give. And like, I don't wear it anymore. Go ahead and give, give it, it to those give loved it. ones you want to receive it. Experience that joy of gifting that to them and seeing them wear it and enjoy it. Why yeah. wait till you're not here uh, for somebody else to deal with and for you not to be able to experience that?
0: When I talked to someone else on the podcast, they were the first ones that were like, yeah and write down all of the punch codes to like the Netflix account and all of those mm-hmm. things, because it's a whole lot simpler to sort of like impersonate the person and say, you're canceling the account. Yeah. Than to have to go the death certificate way. And yeah. it felt like this was very useful information. The people at Netflix are not grief trained, so they don't care. They're not grief trained. No, they're died. not. They're like, yeah. I'm sorry, ma'am. I just can't help you. And so when you're in those early stages or even, and I say early, you know, a year, two, three years to have to come into, to encounter someone who is not interested in being compassionate with you makes it all so much harder. I know. Are there other things that people have, when they come to you and you're going through the work, they're like, wow, I did not realize how hard This particular piece was going to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had a client list a year or two ago, and his brother had died tragically, and he was the executor. And we went round; he had gone round and round with the insurance, life insurance company, and finally, he just threw up his hands. You know, after he hired me and said, "I just, I just need you to deal with this. I just, I don't understand. I've sent them everything that they've asked for. Are they purposefully trying?" to not pay this claim. And I said, well, you know, it's it's not looking good. I can't make that, you know, declaration. But boy, they had just been kicking that can down the road for months for no reason. And so I think people are really blown away. And it's very disheartening and disappointing to see how some companies treat people. That's right. There are some that are going on my permanent naughty list forever. Yeah. Because I'm like, you're awful if you, you know, right. want to keep customers, this is not the way to do it because everybody is going to experience a death at some point. And a lot of people are, like you said, backed into that corner of, you know, what, what mm-hmm. do they do? You know, it is illegal to call and impersonate
0: a decision. I know I know it is. I should have said that. Don't do I it. Know. No, exactly. Maybe yeah. do it, but don't do it. But yeah. Made, but don't. Definitely but they,
1: you know, and I did a whole presentation yesterday about this and about digital assets and after loss. And sometimes it's you're in this quandary of permission to ask permission or do I ask yeah. forgiveness? You know, because sometimes families are backed into a corner of yeah. not knowing, not being able, not having the the resources to know what's the right thing to do. Yeah.
0: But it is also useful to hear, you know, there have been several articles in the past year that are widows, widowers talking about how unbelievably impossible it was to deal with phone
1: service. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. Right. And so, like, it's useful for us to just tell the truth out loud that in my office, and I'm sure for you, the contracts that you sign around a phone saying you will be alive and you will pay for them for five years. Yeah. They don't care if you died. They and do they not deliberately care. put you on the phone with people who are told that not to care. And that is unbelievably brutal, but to know it at this time calling the phone company and expecting them to just be like, no problem, you don't owe the rest of the contract on your phone. You need to know that's not going to happen.
1: Yeah. So yeah. to
0: know that ahead of time, I think is, you know, and also gym memberships, Gym memberships of this oh, gym
1: membership, right. Uh, you have
0: contracted to, do, to be <laughs> from, and then you can't cancel without three months. And, but, you know, I had, I had a client in my office who was just like beside themselves. And I was like, you know what, i I'm going to call and pretend I'm your lawyer again, yeah. Do not recommend impersonating, but yeah, yeah. I do it. So I'm gonna yeah. tell you, sometimes it works. And I called, and the, and the gym, the lady was like, I'm gonna call you back in another line. And she called me back and she was like, So technically, I can't. You have to he has to pay three more months for this gym service, but you can put it on hold on medical hold, okay. and then he will charge you, and you can do three months of medical hold before it. So I was like, oh, so he needs to call you back and say that his father needs a medical hold. Yeah. And call back the next day and say we need to cancel it. Put it on wow. hold and then cancel it. So again, a lot of like, and now I've never forgotten that, and I tell everybody, like, "Hey, you're gonna have a hard time with the gym membership. See if this works first. Call first and say you need a medical hold, and then two days later, cancel. Absolutely, yeah. Fall inside that window, but those things exist, they and did. you only know them through experience. And your experience is, of course, going to be much broader across all the states. Yeah, than someone who is doing this for the first time in their, you know,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: And and deep brief. Yeah. And, you know, that's why, you know, I'm creating a data bank
1: of every single company that I speak with or one of my team members speaks with, and we're writing, you know, what was the, the fax number? The, was there an online, you know, a URL they could go to download the forms? What did they require? What was the process? How long did it take to really, to be able to not only have that information at hand, but to really see, okay, is this still valid? How much time is it, is it really taking? And then to sort of, you know, have expectations for clients yeah. and then, you know, really, like I said, speed up that process, you know, when, when possible. So, you know, absolutely. And it's, you know, also why I cre- co-created House uh, Professionals of After Loss Services with three other business partners to create sort of the industry organization. When we first found each other, I found three other women who had mirror businesses to mine. And it was sort of like filing, you know, your long lost twin. And our first order of business when we just started informally networking was what, do we call ourselves? And yeah. we came up with after loss professionals and so created this industry organization with the, the one of our first goals was to create a proprietary innovative training program mm-hmm. to teach other people how to become after loss professionals yeah. like us. Uh, because this is a service that everybody is going to need. They just don't, don't know they need it. And people deserve to have. Professionals who are trained, subscribe to a code of ethics, and are part of a community that share best practices, lift each other up, and, you know, will only just help more people know that education that we're here.
0: I love that because your field and my field are similar. You know, I'm a trauma therapist and I'm licensed in DC and Maryland, which means I need to know the rules of my profession in DC and Maryland. Right. But it's, I have colleagues that are in California and Michigan and Minnesota, and to be able to sort of share our experiences, it elevates the wisdom for the whole field of trauma. Right, therapists. right, you know, right. Like, oh, I think, you know, I think we could do that over here, but we can't do that over there. And what you're offering each other in this really hard space is also support. Like I have this hard client, they're really, and so I just want to speak to that for a second, Mm -hmm. because I think one of the things, you know, I'm part of a very large community of people who speak about grief, who provide, I mean, there's not a day that goes by that people don't ask me for concrete resources. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, I, I, I can't spend my moment today doing this, but I'm, but here, can I connect you to those folks? I mean, I'm, I'm doing that because that's what I want. I want everybody to have the resources and the support. However, there is an ethos sometimes that all of that should be free, that it isn't a, that, that somehow we're, we're capitalizing on death. And and, and so I just want to say, like, I really appreciate that you have created a business in the business world that has fees and is part of a helping profession. Right. right. Because it's very important. I don't mean for the individual who's grieving. I would like everyone to donate all the services to that person so they don't have to worry about anything.
1: Right. Right. The
0: world at large. To acknowledge that there is a whole space of life that we are not servicing or considering or doing. And and look, that starts long before, you know, we don't deal with aging very well. But in general, and what you and I were talking about beforehand, because a lot of my work is with companies, to invite companies to say, hey, you can contract. Absolutely. With Afterlight Services, you can contract with them. And even if you never use our services, you're saying to your company at large, "We know this. We know it's a really hard part of life, and we preemptively want you to know that we are going to support that for you." Yeah,
1: and you know, even if someone an employee calls me for thirty minutes, yeah, and as part of a three hour package or what have you, because that's some of the packages that companies have purchased with me, with with Afterlight. And just call me and say, "Am I am I in the right? Am I doing the right thing? Right. A- am I going in the right direction? Is this the right sequence or protocol? Can you steer me in the right direction? What should I worry about first? If it's just that thirty minutes, yeah, that may help them and help shorten that time frame exponentially. You just you know you don't know, uh, but you know people you know speaking of all the rage is the chat GPT and you cannot ask chat GPT what to do with an E-Trade account after someone dies. You just can't. And you need that human. We are humans providing humans with this support. It is one-on-one customizable support and it needs, you need that human to help really strategize and
0: problem solve this. And that just can't, be replaced it makes, me, it makes me think about the hospice nurse who really became like an adjunct mom, member of my family when my dad was dying oh, wow, and wow. That, you know she was trained in end-of-life care right and so she was not uncomfortable in that space she wasn't uh, we she and I had an exchange because my dad sounded as though he was in pain and mm. I knew he wasn't necessarily in pain, but it was still activating to me. And so she told me things that I already knew about sort of what happens to the breath and the muscles. And she said it plainly. She didn't say it with any sort of like, I, I have a dog in this fight. I need you to believe. She was like, I'm here to give you the information that you need and to provide you comfort. And otherwise I can just sit. She just, you know, sat in the chair and read a book. Yeah. And so my dad's death was not the worst day of her life, which was so important. Yeah.
1: To our yeah.
0: family to have someone who could make phone calls and not worry oh that they weren't asking the right questions or doing the right you know. So so this is a reminder that, you know, yeah, lots of people have maybe even estate attorneys or accountants or uncle Bob who knows some things about this. Right, right. But being able to bring in someone who cares. Yeah. Right? You created this yeah. work because you care and from your own experience yeah so there's caring involved but there's right. not attachment, and attachment involved in that right
1: sort of, and right? then someone who can coordinate all of those different professionals and you know provide that sort of bird's eye holistic approach and say okay We'll ask the attorney about this. We'll ask the accountant about this. You know, I'll ask the jewelry appraiser about this, you know, and then have that centralized project management approach, I think is invaluable. I would have paid... (laughs) whenever <laughs> somebody asked if I had had that, you know, after my mom. Died.
0: Right. Because what you're leaning on is their experiential expertise. Yeah. I've yeah. talked about this a number of times, but I often ask people like, what was the thing that was the most concretely helpful? Because that's what people ask me when they're, you know, I want to help my brother. I want to help my grandmother. I want to help my boss. What can I do? And so yeah. there's a blend of like, well, what kind of a person are you? Are you a good, yeah. chef? then go ahead and get them food. If that's not your vibe, then we yeah. got something else. But my best friend came over a few hours after my mom died and she said, do you have her address book? My mom was like old school and had, and I said, yeah. And I gave it to her really without thinking. And what I found out later was that she had called all of my mother's doctors, medical professional, hairdresser, dentist, and told oh god she died and they were wow. like what are you telling us and so all those brutal phone calls that you get for 20 years later oh she my gosh. they were off the table and she knew to do that because she asked somebody else her her parents are alive but she so she asked someone, what was the best thing that anyone did for you? And that person said, oh my God, we had this consultant come in. And they, the, the one yes. of the things they said was in the first week, you need to call the medical professionals and yes. cancel all the appointments and all, cause otherwise you're going to get charged for the hairdresser appointment or you're going to yeah. okay, yeah. assign a person to do that. So my best friend did that. And I just that, thought, wow. In a million years, it wouldn't, I wouldn't have occurred to me and I'll never forget it. And it's the thing that I often offer to other wow. folks You know, and I also ask what was the hardest thing for me? One of the hardest things was finding clothes for my children. Yeah. When my dad died, because it was, you know, the middle, like the heat of the summer. And It wasn't Bar Mitzvah season, like it wasn't Christmas, it wasn't wedding right. season, right? And so, just finding clothes. And now, every because I mentioned that so often, people will send me Amazon has like suits for sale for kids all year round. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm able to pass that information along. What I think about with Afterlight is you have that times hundreds. Yes, so the experiential, collected, you know, supportive experience to be able to say to people here are things and the concrete knowledge of all that stuff that none of us is thinking about the paperwork and the passwords and the bank yeah. accounts and all yeah. of that that yeah. you can advise us on.
1: Absolutely. And you know, we offer in lieu of flowers packages that you can purchase to gift to someone. You know, I always say instead of after my dad died, I never wanted to see another ham or oh. pound cake for the rest of
0: <laughs> oh my God, ever. Ever.
1: So um, I might buy a couple of our hours and we will sit there and we will, you know, even if it's just coming up with a plan and then you going on and, and DIYing it, we can provide that customized, uh, support to help, to help you navigate those extremely and I, I difficult love water.
0: that you have everything from six months of support and just a couple of hours of consultation, yeah. because Absolutely. for some people, just a couple of hours of consultation might get them on the road that they need to go. Absolutely. They're, yeah. They're, I love yeah. that. I think that's so great. Can you tell us how there are people listening right now? There are people who work at companies. There are people whose parents are dying. There are people who, you know what, they just believe that this would be a good thing to get in touch. How, how is the best way for them to Yeah.
1: Uh, Myafterlight.com.
0: I'm
1: on Instagram at myafterlight on Facebook afterlight on LinkedIn on, you know, if you want to reach out to me there, you want to email me at Rachel at myafterlight.com. There's so many different ways for you to we'll reach link, out.
0: We'll link all this so that all the things, yep. yes. Family, and, sure. you
1: know, reach out if you want to learn more about becoming an after loss professional yourself. It sounds like your best friend. I mean, she's looking for a job. She's already right? done. I know
0: <laughs> she's in public health. She's, she's pretty savvy. Yeah. She's yeah. not the average bear.
1: That's yeah. afterlosspros.com if you want to learn more about becoming an afterloss professional and joining that. So, and everything is linked, but we'll, yeah, we'll send you all the links and I'm just so excited to, to be part of this community it's such a supportive community and. We've got work to do and I can't just wait to roll up my sleeves and and just dive into this.
0: I'm so grateful for this conversation. Like I said, at the top, I'm so looking forward to it. And it does really, I love talking to people who are in their calling and doing work that they feel really passionate about. Yeah. And I just, you know, again, I, I, I wish I had known that this existed because even though people were able to do it, you know, the idea of sort of lifting off some of the emotional right. intensity and having yeah. extra pairs of hands just to me feels like, oh my gosh, what an incredible gift. So I've been thinking that there are probably people out there who could give this as a gift to grieving. Absolutely. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Death is hard enough. Yeah. Let, let after light, you know, help living, help the living with dying. That's what, you know, I like to say we're helping the living deal with dying. That is beautiful.
0: I'm so grateful for this conversation. Hey and Thank thanks you. so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here.